while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Then nobody, Jesus Christ did not wait for somebody to be like, oh, uh, I'm repenting from all my sins in order to, to love them, in order to die for them. And now imagine if he did, imagine if Jesus was just like you. And he was waiting for people to agree with him, waiting for people to stop sinning, waiting for people to stop mocking him. Look at that. Mocking him. Because I, not too long ago, I told you about what they, how they were mocking him on the cross. What if Jesus waited for people to stop mocking him, stop sinning, st stop sinning, stop whatever before he died? What would happen to any of us? None of us would be saved. Not one. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here you. on Church Boy uh, Confessions. Uh. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Church Board Confessions Podcast. I'm your host, Emmanuel Lee Heke. And we got a lot to talk about today. We got a lot to talk about today. I hope you guys had an amazing last week. I hope you guys are having an amazing start to this week. Or whatever day that you're watching this. Because I know not everybody watches on Mondays. And that's okay. As long as you listen. And I love it. And I love it. And I love you guys. Um, so let's get to it because I don't, you know, it's, it's a lot to cover today. It's a very important topic today that God put on my heart. It's actually funny because I think it's very timely with um, a lot of this going on in pop culture and everything. And um, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was a little hesitant to speak about this because, oh, let me just say it like this. This episode is definitely, you know how like all my episodes are normally for like, you know, everybody listen come on come on everybody listen then there's some episodes that i say like all right this is for the this is for in-house you know this is for christians this is for born again you know what i'm saying spirit-filled people um because this is one of our conversations all right this is one of our conversations and you know if, if you're not if you're not um a christian you're welcome to continue listening to this podcast i don't know if you're gonna like what you hear but I'm going to, you know, I want you to listen to this podcast. And um, yeah, you know, the reason why I say that is because it's likely that some things that I say may rub people wrong. But uh, God has put it on my heart regardless. So I'm going to say it and whatever, whatever. Um, so today I'm going to talk about how and when to love. Um, so this episode was inspired by a couple people, actually, that... Um, that came to me and asked me a question. It's a very interesting question and maybe very triggering to some people. And the person asked me, how are we Christians supposed to treat people in the LGBTQ community? And, um, you know, for a lot of people, it's a no brainer. You know, I think it should be, you know, a no brainer. But at the same time, my heart was just like. I, I understand where the question is coming from. Um, and I answered the question similar to what we're going to get to in this um, conversation. And, you know, no, this episode is not just going to be about LGBTQ, but it's going to be about everyone, everyone that disagrees with us, everyone that's that's not a Christian, everyone that's an atheist or a Muslim, whatever it might be. How are we supposed to treat people that disagree with us? How are we supposed to treat people that don't believe in the same thing that we believe? Um, that's what we're going to talk about today. I'll be honest with you, when I look out and how Christians are perceived in the world, um, I don't like what I see. OK, you know, I think that a lot of the world sees Christians as hateful people. They see Christians as judgmental people, as arrogant people. I've been called arrogant too many times. 
<laughs> to count. Um, just in my little Twitter debates and my TikTok debates, all that stuff, I always get called arrogant. Um, and at first glance, I think that a lot of us, you know, that are in-house, all of us Christians, we say, oh, well, it's just Christian persecution. That's why they don't like us, because it's Christian persecution. The Bible says that we will be persecuted and so on and so on. It's Christian persecution. But I want to challenge us today. Um, because I want us to make sure that, you know, are you being persecuted for Christ's sake? Are you actually being persecuted? Are you actually being told off? Are you actually getting ratioed on Twitter for Christ's sake? Are these people mad at you for Christ's sake or is there more in the mix of that? And I want I want to get down to that. Um, I'm going to go to first Peter chapter four, verse 12 to 16. We won't have the scriptures in this episode. I tell you first Peter chapter four. Um, yeah. First Peter chapter four, starting at verse 12. Um, it says, beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange, strange thing has happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you for the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. Look at this. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. May God bless hearing and reading and understanding of his word. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. So you see this place that we're reading, you know, it's talking about Christian persecution. It's going to come. Don't think it's strange. It's going to come. You're going to face trials. You're going to suffer for Christ's sake. And it's something that every Christian should expect. Not because, oh, you know, uh, not just because, but like literally the word tells us this is going to happen. Even Jesus himself says that it's going to happen. This is not a matter of trying to be nice enough or try to be cool enough or whatever. It's going to happen. If you're a Christian, you should expect to be persecuted. It's going to happen. All right. But the verse that I wanted to really hone in on and the angle that I really wanted to approach today is going to be a little different. Okay, we're going to start. We're really going to hone in on verse 15 where it says, but let not uh, let, let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's business. What exactly does this mean? What exactly is the author telling us right now? It's telling He's telling us that we're going to suffer, right? But make sure that your suffering is for Christ's sake and not because you're a murderer, not because you're a thief, not because you're an evildoer, not because you're a busybody. That's really to say, make sure that you are not suffering because you're actually being an evildoer, because some of us, we get it mixed up. And I'll be honest with you, I'm willing to call, I'm, I'm willing to talk about it. Some of us, we get it mixed up. And, you know, while we're in these Twitter beefs and we're going back and forth, I'm a, I, I am, I'm guilty of it. Going back and forth with people on Twitter, going back back and forth with people on TikTok that disagree with us or whatever they want to say about Christians, whatever it might be. And it's like, sometimes it's like, I forget that, wait, am I doing this to tell this person the truth or am I doing this to win this debate? Am I talking to win this debate? And now I'm angry. I got angry. I get angry. It makes me angry when I see people, you know, mock God or mock Christians or whatever it might be. But sometimes we got to check ourselves because then we're going to respond in a certain way and we're going to be jerks. 
And then when they respond, we're going to say, oh, see, well, it's Christian persecution. Is it Christian persecution or is it because you're being a jerk? Let's be real. Let's be real for a second. Let's be real. Are you being persecuted because you're a Christian or are you being persecuted because you're being an actual jerk? <sighs> I'm sorry. We have to check ourselves because we have a command to love. And we're going to get to that in a minute. We have a command to love. And, and I believe it was Apostle Peter that wrote this. He made sure to make this note that there's a difference if you're suffering because you actually did something wrong. So can you ask yourself, are these people on your helmet right now? Because of what the Bible's talking about, the trials, and tribulations, the Christian faith, or because you actually did something wrong? I think that ultimately the reason why so many people are confused or the reason why so many people don't really understand what's going on, like how we're supposed to treat people that disagree with this, is because they see a lot of examples of people who are Christians or people who call themselves Christians being jerks. So the point of this entire podcast, all right, let's get to the point, is many of us children of God, we need to be reminded how to treat people. And who, who, who am I talking about? You know, how, how do we treat people? How do we treat people that uh, the LGBTQ community, how we treat people that are atheists, how we treat people that want to commit to a lifestyle of sin, don't want to hear nothing about the Bible? How do we how do we how do we treat people who mock the word of God, who who mock Christians? And how do we treat people who never want to want to repent, how, who never want to you, you come around with all that Jesus stuff? They never. How do you treat these people? And we're going to go to Luke chapter 10, starting to verse 25. And we, I told you we got scriptures today. These are like, what, 12, 13 verses. But we got to get to it. I'm sorry. Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 37. <clears throat> the parable of the Good Samaritan. Many of us have heard the word Good Samaritan, but how many of us actually, you know, read this and understood the context of it? This is Jesus giving a parable to a, a lawyer. And I'm going to start at verse 25. It says, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal eternal life? Jesus said to him, he said to him, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as well. And he said to him, Jesus said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. All right? And in verse 29, But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Ooh, very good question. Verse 30, Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he was he he had compassion. So so he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he sat down and he set him on his own animal, brought him in an inn and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out his denarii, get gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him. And I think denarii is money. Take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I come back, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, 
go and do likewise. May God bless your hearing and the reading and understanding of the word in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. The significance of this story lies, I believe, in the identity of the Samaritan. A lot of us don't know what that means. So who was the Samaritans, these people? And why was it so significant that Jesus said this Samaritan is the person that helped this person? And by default, that person is a Jew in this um, context. Well, the Samaritans were a people. And they were considered just straight, low-down, dirty sinners by the Jewish community. Um, mainly because they were a mixture of Jews and Gentiles. And when you read, you know, um, in Deuteronomy, I believe somewhere else, you know, it, was, it, it wasn't permitted for the Jews to intermingle outside of, um, you know, the Jewish community, right? Everybody's supposed to keep the, keep the blood pure type of, type of deal. And these people didn't, you know, and, and they... they um, they joined the Assyrians, so it was Jews and Assyrians, so they have Jews, half Gentiles, and they were sinners. Like that was supposed to be their identity, um, you know, their perceived identity by the Jewish community. And Jesus said that they're neighbors. We have a commandment to love our neighbors. So what exactly does that mean? To me, it means that you have a commandment to follow which means that you love everyone in your proximity. Whether they look the same way as you, have the same color skin tone as you, have the same beliefs as you, or, or it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're supposed to love everybody that's even in proximity to us. You know, I saw this, there's this like thing, you know, on TikTok, people be like, oh, show me your child of an immigrant without telling me you're a child of an immigrant. Tell me you're a college student without telling me you're, you're, tell me you're a Christian without telling me you're a Christian. We talked not too long ago about, oh, you know, faith and works and, you know, our works are evident of our faith. Can someone know that you are a Christian by the way that you love? Can someone know that you're a Christian because you love them? Can someone be like, hmm, there's something different about this person, that I've come close to this person, and wow, it's, it's a warm feeling. It's, what is this? What is this? And then you say, huh, that's God in me. <laughs> that's God in me. Can someone say that to you? Because this love that we have in us, you know, this, this Christian love, you know, there's supposed to be no room for jealousy. There's supposed to be no room for comparison. There's supposed to be no room for hatred, no room for the fakeness, no room for that. No room. You know, I love it because the Samaritan was completely different from the Jew, you know, at least in the society. Right. And the Samaritan was seen as a sinner. But look at the neighbors, their neighbors. And we're, and we're commanded to love them. It's just so funny because unfortunately, it's some of us that it's like we're waiting for people to stop sinning in order for us to love them. As Christians, we're not supposed to wait for someone to repent to love them we're not supposed to wait for someone to agree with us in order to love them we're not supposed to wait for someone to stop sinning or accept jesus christ as lord and savior to love them that's not what the bible says because ultimately while we were yet sinners christ died for us it says that romans chapter 5 verse 8 while we were yet sinners in romans chapter 5 verse 10 it even refers to us we were enemies of god and while we were yet sinners while we were yet enemies of god he sent his only son to die for us. And we are supposed to be ambassadors of Christ. Right? 2 Corinthians 5.20 
We're supposed to be ambassadors of Christ. So that means that if God can love us even in our sin and we're supposed to be like Christ, then that means we should love people unconditionally even in their sin. Even in their disagreement with us, even if they have a different religion or different ideologies or different political party, it doesn't matter. Like that's that's not a stipulation. That's not a stipulation. We call ourselves representatives. We call ourselves ambassadors of Christ. Wow, we were yet sinners. He died for us. Then nobody, Jesus Christ did not wait for somebody to be like, oh, uh, I'm repenting from all my sins in order to, to love them, in order to die for them. And now imagine if he did, imagine if Jesus was just like you and he was waiting for people to agree with him, waiting for people to stop sinning, waiting for people to stop mocking him. Look at that, mocking him. Because I, not too long ago, I told you about what they, how they were mocking him on the cross. What if Jesus waited for people to stop mocking him, stop sinning, st- stop sinning, stop whatever before he died? What would happen to any of us? None of us would be saved. Not one. <sighs> Children of God. I want someone to know that you're a child of God before you open your mouth and say that I'm a child of God. That's what I want. That's what God wants. Um, there's this one verse, I forgot what it was, but I remember I was, um, when Nat Cassiano was on here, she, it was a verse talking about how, you know, God's kindness is the one that leads us to repentance. And isn't that, isn't that interesting? You know, it's that love, you know, so many of us, it's just, you know, we think that it's only correction and instruction. I'm going to get to that in a second. Don't worry. (laughs) We think that it's only that, but it's just like, we leave the love part out, but no, we are children of God. That's not, that's not, that's not what our God, that's not what our Savior tells us to do, period. So now I have to stop and I have to give you something else. <laughs> I made some people mad. Now I'm going to make another another group of people mad. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, God told us to love everyone. Um, But he didn't tell us to conform to the world. And there's a difference. You know. I think that a lot of us, we think the way we think, the way we love is we think that, oh, you know, um, I'm going to agree with this person. A a loving is agreeing. Loving is enabling. Loving is accepting. But can I tell you that sometimes loving is the complete opposite of agreeing, enabling and accepting? Can I can I be honest with you? Can I be very and I know a lot of people are not going to like that. Oh, I know a lot of people are not going to like that. But sometimes love is the complete opposite opposite of agreeing the complete opposite of enabling or accepting because ultimately can i can i like god didn't send jesus to die for our sins just to accept us and that's it god sent jesus to transform us to make us a new creation second corinthians chapter 17 I don't know if I got that right, but it's in the Bible. <laughs> uh, he, he sent him to because we're born again. John chapter three, verse three. Um, we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Where in the scripture are people getting this idea that, OK, well, it's just love and that's it. I'm just going to stay in my sin. I'm just going to stay what I'm doing. I'm just going. No, 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 no. That's not scripture. That's not biblical. That's not that's not it. 
Jesus came to transform us, to transfer us. There's movement, there's development, there's growth that happens when we accept Jesus Christ into our life. You can't, you know, you can come to God and he's going to accept you, but that doesn't mean that he plans to keep you that way. No, it's just not true. Sometimes love is not agreeing. Sometimes love is correction. Sometimes love is not accepting. Sometimes love is instruction. It can't always be agreeing. It can't be. It literally can't be. How often does God agree with you, child of God? How often does God agree with you? Are we to say that God now hates you because he's disagreed with you? And it's like a lot of us, we think that, oh, we have to agree in order to show to show love. But imagine you've been given a map. You've been given a map to paradise. And this is the map. This is the correct map to paradise. And you have a best friend and you realize this person hasn't got their map yet. And they're going the opposite direction. But they're having so much fun. You know, that person wants to get where you're going to, wants to get to paradise too, but they're going the opposite direction. You have the map, they don't have the map. Now, which one is love? Telling the person, hey, continue down the road. I love you. You're doing your thing. I'm not even going, you know, you're having too much fun. I'm not going to say nothing. Or is it love to tell the person, hey, you know, look, I got this map. You're actually going the wrong direction. That's actually the direction to destruction. Can we, can we reroute you? Can we go this way? Which one is love? Be honest with yourself. Which one is love? <sighs> Heavy. It's some of us that, uh, because we, re- you know, because deep down we know that sometimes love is disagreeing. You know, when we actually disagree with people, um, we we get really guilty. And I think that, you know, mind you, everything is bigger than just what I'm going to say here. Like, this is like a multiple episode type of thing. I'm not going to do multiple episode, but like, you know, um, I'm not going to touch on everything. But I think that there's two main reasons why people feel guilty for disagreeing with people. And one could be because you disagreed and the way you disagreed was very jerk like. And two is because people have been demonizing you. Let's talk about one first. Um. So you feel guilty because you're being a jerk, right? You've had conversations. Maybe you won your Twitter debate. You won. You ratioed them. But now you feel a little guilty, right? Um, or maybe you have your group of friends and, like, they all believe something. And, you know, maybe you're the only Christian or whatever it might be. And, like, you know, now you feel guilty. Um, Just understand that, you know. We are supposed to love everyone, you know, and that's like the whole point. <laughs> We're supposed to love everyone. Um, and sometimes, you know, this love, when we first start correcting people is genuine, but then they say something back and we get pissed off and it's like, oh my gosh, like, you know what I'm saying? And then we just start going off and it's just like. Yeah, sure, you won the battle. Sure, you won the Twitter, all that different stuff. But it's just like, now you're guilty. You did it from an angry place. And the Bible tells us in James chapter 1, verse 20, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So you think that you're spreading the gospel, but you're not spreading so correctly. You have to understand that 
when you spread the gospel is supposed to come from a place of love. Are you arguing with this person on Twitter because you actually love them and want to show them the right right way? Or are you arguing because they said something that pissed you off and now you just got to win? Or are you arguing because they hurt your ego and now you just got to win? Because I'm going to tell you this, man. Sure, you can try to win the argument, but I'm going to tell you this. The wrath of man does not bring about the righteousness of God. It doesn't. So you you spread the gospel, but you did it in a wrathful manner, not from not from a point of love. And I tell you, then it slipped out your mouth. Right. Or maybe you said it very intentionally. Well, that's why you're going to hell. And you thought that maybe that person was going to be like, what? I don't want to go to hell. I repent. No, no, that's not how it works. That person went to another person and said, look what this person said. And then that person said, you know, what? I'm going to retaliate. And that retaliation of that person may have inspired other other people to retaliate and so on and so on and so on. And then all it came is really stemmed from what came out of your mouth. And you thought you were spreading the gospel. But in actuality, man, you were you were lighting the flame. Repent from that. Ask God for forgiveness and apologize if you need to. The second reason why a lot of us are guilty is because um, we get demonized. Um, there's a polarity that's set up in um, okay. Um, there's a polarity that's set up in in our society right now i don't know if this is everywhere but definitely in america where loving and agreeing is on one side and then hating and disagreeing is on another side excuse me and the problem like this i mean i just talked about how sometimes loving is disagreeing and hating is actually agreeing and so on um but you know for the people that are being demonized by you know society and look at you know you've you haven't been a jerk you know you just you know you you you've you've gone through this episode. You realize, okay, no, I haven't been a jerky man, but I'm still getting demonized. Well, let me remind you that you know the first thing that one of the first things I said was that you will be persecuted as a Christian. John chapter fifteen, um, starting at verse eighteen and nineteen, it says, "If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you." This is Jesus speaking. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Is this not a snapshot of where we were at, where where we were, we are at, at 2021? <laughs> Is it not a snapshot? The world hates you because you're not its own. But if you were its own, it would love you. What does that sound like? It sounds like the world would love me if I agreed. The world would love love me if I conformed. But we are not called to conform. We're not called to agree with everything. Simple as that. And do understand that you cannot serve two masters. Do understand that if you choose to conform with the world, with the worldly ways, then you are turning your back on God. We love the world and you're supposed to love the world. Don't be a jerk. Don't be arrogant. 
but also don't conform. Don't conform. So what are the takeaways from this episode? A little longer than we're used to. (laughs) Takeaways is that you will suffer for Christ's sake. If you are a child of God and you're true to the word, you're not trying to just, you know, be about God at church and then deny him in front of your friends. If you're true to the word, you will suffer. I would say in this climate, if you haven't got any pushback or haven't experienced any pushback, that's interesting. That's all I'm going to say. That's interesting. Um, But make sure that you're suffering. Look at Listen, make sure that your suffering is not is because of Christ's sake, but it's and it's not because you're actually being a jerk. All right. Make make sure that your suffering is because you're a Christian, not because you told this person you're going to hell when you had no business saying that, bro. We are supposed to love everyone. I don't care whether the person mocks the Bible or not, whether the person's a Christian or not. We are called to love everyone. But do understand that loving is not always agreeing. Loving is definitely not always conforming. And if the world hates you because you're not conforming and the world hates you because you're disagreeing, then that makes sense. Because the Bible says you should expect that. John 16 verse 33, Jesus said, um, one of the things that he said was in the world, you will have tribulation, but be a good cheer. I have overcome the world. Matthew 5 verse 10. Verse, um, I'm sorry. Matthew chapter 5 verse 10 to 12. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil things against you falsely against you falsely. They're spreading rumors. They put in dirt on your name against you falsely for my sake. Verse 12, rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. (sighs) Ladies and gentlemen, for those of us that, you know, were convicted by this and realized, you know, it's been a couple of times where, you know, I have been spreading the gospel, but I did it in a very hateful tone. Um, God's telling you that's enough. Stop. Apologize if you need to um, repent and let's do better. For those of us that are spreading the gospel as, you know, we're supposed to be spreading the gospel and you're still facing backlash, that makes sense. And one of the first things that we read here was in First Peter chapter 4. It said, don't think it's strange because it's not strange. Stop being surprised by it. Stop being surprised by what you see in the world, ladies and gentlemen. Stop being surprised. I feel like the people that are surprised are the ones that's just not in their word as much. Because, come on, Jesus told us. That was thousands of years ago. He told us. So that being said, let's go into prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, God, for the opportunity that you've given me to be in front of this mic, Father God, and preach this word. And I pray, Lord, that it truly pierces the hearts and minds of your children, the souls of your children, oh God. And for those of us, Lord, who have made the mistake in spreading your word from a place of hatred and arrogance and ego, Father, I ask that you help us to repent in the mighty name of Jesus. You come into our hearts, O God, and refurnish to take your throne, O God, and teach us more compassion. Let your spirit produce more compassion in us, Father God. Let's make room for that, Father. And for those of us, Father God, who've been doing it the right way but are still facing persecution, help us to know that it's not strange, to not be surprised, to count it all joy, Father God, to rejoice and be exceedingly glad, Father God, um, that we are accounted worthy for the suffering, for the shame. Um, placed upon us for your sake, O oh God, and let your name be glorified and strengthen us um, just in a society, in a growing um, time in the world, 
where our views continue to not match with a lot of people's. Um, help us to love. That's going to be our reaction. Our reaction is going to be to love. Love with your love, oh God. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, it really means a lot. Go out and love somebody. And they're probably not going to love you back. Some of them will love you back. Um, but disagreeing or agreeing, Christian and no Christian, whatever it might be, um, show people love, man. That's 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 between us and God. He told us to do that. They may not reciprocate it. That's that's not our business. We were called to show love. Not, you know, well, everybody's called to show love. But if they don't answer to God, we're the one that's called to show love. Don't worry about what they do. Love you guys. Peace.